from Limitless Love by Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. The scripture is Psalm 118, verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. That's what our loving God can do. Gloria says, I notice that when we start looking about the goodness and love of the Lord, especially in a secular, traditional, religious company, it always seems that someone always has to, it started to tell that puts God in a bad light. I don't know, they'll say, if God is so such a loving God, why did he let old sister super saints die at the terrible disease? Why didn't he do something to save her? Don't ever let stories like that shake you. Just stick with the word. Stand strong in your faith and the loving nature of God. And start accumulating some inspiring stories of your own. Collect stories like the one about Sister Pearl. She's the lady who attended one of our healing meetings in Denver a few years ago. She didn't come to get a heal. She came with her daughter and granddaughter to give her testimony about what the Lord had already done for her. It seems months before, Pearl had been rushed to the emergency room and diagnosed with spiritual meningitis. Even before her daughter was able to get her there, Pearl had slipped into a coma. All I can remember is that I closed my eyes, I didn't feel any pain, and I went to this beautiful place that was just peace and rest. Left to herself, Pearl might have been just a happy to go home to heaven and be with the Lord, but her daughter and granddaughter weren't about to let that happen. Pearl had raised them on the word of God. She had taught them the truth about God's love and his healing power. She seemed to it that they were trained to walk in faith. So at the critical moment, that training kicked in when the doctors told that Pearl's heart wasn't functioning properly, they refused to be afraid. When they were told that her lungs were failing and her brain was filling up with fluid, they just kept believing Pearl would not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The doctors were confounded. Don't you see the reports, they asked. Don't you understand what the result of the test and the MRI means? We don't look at those things that are seen. We don't look at things that are seen, the daughter and granddaughter exclaimed. We look at the word of God, and it says, By the stripes of Jesus, she is healed. Within days, Pearl's conditions turned around. Her heart, her lungs, and her brain returned to normal despite the doctor's dire predictions. She doesn't walk with a cane. She has no brain damage, and she was functioning better than when she left the hospital than she ever did. When someone dares to believe and act on the word, that's what our loving God can do. Amen and amen. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. This next article is called A Very Dumb Thing to Do. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given into him, 
that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph of Judah and of Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. And he could do no mighty work, say that he laid his hands on a few sickly folk and healed them. Mark 6, 2 to 3 and verse 5. You know, it is impossible to maintain your love walk when you get offended with other people. But have you considered the fact that you can also wreck your love life by getting offended at God? The moment you begin to blame him for the things that go wrong in your life or in the the world around you, saying things like, I just don't know why God let this happen to me. You stepped out of love into strife and your head is nowhere fast. When you think about it, getting mad at God is one of the dumbest things we could do. The Bible tells us clear, he is perfect in all his ways. Deuteronomy 32.4 God never misses it. He's always good. He's always right on time. So if things aren't working well, we need to look at ourselves. We need to listen to the words that have been coming out of our mouths because usually that's where there's a problem. We can find it right there. We can find that we yield to the pressure of our situation and begin speaking doubt and fear instead of confessing the word of God we'll find we actually stop the Lord from doing mighty works on our behalf by our own words of unbelief. That's what the people of Nazareth did when Jesus was there. Instead of loving him and appreciating the power of God working in them, in him, they became offended with him. He didn't fit their idea of who the Messiah ought to be. He didn't do and say everything exactly like they thought he should. So they became offended and refused to trust him. No doubt that grieved the Lord, but you know who paid the highest price in that situation? The people of Nazareth. They missed out on their healings and the miracles Jesus wanted to do among them. They failed to receive the deliverance they needed, all because they took offense. The next time you're tempted to get mad and blame God for something bad that has just happened to you, Refuse the temptation to take offense. Instead, just keep on loving and trusting the Lord. Keep confessing his goodness, believing his word, and he will do mighty works for you. Again, the next time you're tempted to get mad and blame God for something bad, when God feeds 7, 8 billion people, when God gives air to 7, 8 billion people, plus animals and plants, when God keeps the earth running, when God keeps love constant. There's so many things that God does. He keeps the immunity systems of people going. He keeps the light on of every person in the world. They belong to God. The light is on. When they become bright lights, it's when Jesus comes into their hearts. So the next time we are tempted to get bad and blame God for something bad that has happened to us, we refuse the temptation to take offense. Instead, we praise Him. We keep on saying, we just keep on loving and declaring and trusting the Lord. 
we keep confessing his goodness. So that we say we believe in the Lord. All is well. Something good is happening. Something good is happening. Something good is on its way. Believing his word and he will do mighty works for you. Amen. Get your little bem mantra on. The one that I like to say is, let's lean on the Lord. We can trust in him. All is well. Let's lean on the Lord. We can trust in him. Amen. Here's another article by Gloria Copeland. In everything, give thanks. It's the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 in the New American Standard. It says... Rejoice always in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we talk about walking in love, we usually think about how we behave toward other people. But the one who deserves our love, first and foremost, is our Heavenly Father. We should treat Him above all with courtesy, appreciation, and respect. We should shouldn't just do on Sundays either. We shouldn't be content to lift our hands and tell the Lord how much we love him and honor him when we are in church, then walk out the door and start griping to each other about how lousy things have been. Or complaining, murmuring, and losing our focus. We all done that at times. We said a hearty amen during the sermon when the preacher was talking about God meets all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus out of Philippians 4.21. Then when we get home, we turn to our spouses and say, I don't know why God isn't taking care of us. We have all these bills piling up. You know, we shouldn't have bought that boat and, and gone on that trip on credit. And he hasn't done anything to help us. Sometimes I wonder if he's even remember we're here. Do you know what the kind of talk is like that? It's called murmuring or complaining. And the Bible says God doesn't appreciate it. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10.10 tells us that when the Israelites did it, they were destroyed. That in itself is reason enough to avoid an attitude of ingratitude. But the best reason to do is simply because we desire with all our hearts to treat our God with love. But the best reason to do it is simply because we desire with all our hearts to treat our God with love, respect, enthusiasm, joy, and respect again, and reverence. One of the primary ways to do what that is by rejoicing continually and giving thanks in everything. That means we don't allow ourselves to be depressed and downhearted. We, we purposely maintain a positive outlook and expectant faith. When something negative happens, we give thanks to God right in the midst of it. We don't thank him for the bad things because he isn't the author of them. The devil is, but we can stay grateful and thankful to God as we go through them. No matter how bad things are, we always have something to be thankful to God for. If nothing else, we have life and breath in our bodies. We have the word of God to teach us how to get through any situation and come out in victory. So we can say, Lord, this is a tough place, but I'm thankful to you 
that I don't have to stay in it. I can stand on your word and things will turn around. I'm grateful that you never leave me or forsake me. You'll stay with me and see me through. These are the kind of words that the Lord appreciates. When we speak them, we are treating them, him with love he richly deserves. Again, we have the word of God to teach us how to get through any situation and come out on victory. So we can say, say this with me, say, Lord, this is a tough place, but I'm thankful to you that I don't have to stay in it. I can stand on your word and things will turn around. I'm grateful that you'll never leave me or forsake me. You'll stay with me and see me through. Amen. We rejoice and we give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Here's another article about staying fired up and enthusiastic. This scripture is Romans 12:11. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Romans 12, 11, the Amplified Bible. Keep the inner fire burning. Most of us start our spiritual walk with a fervent passion for the Lord. We are so grateful to be delivered from hell and headed toward heaven, cleansed from sin and given hope for our future. That we're aglow with love, for the one who made it all possible, all we want to do is serve him. Isn't that the truth when we first get born again? But as time passes, the fire within us can begin to dim. We can get busy with our other things and begin to lose our interest in him. That happened to me after I'd been saved for a few years. I hardly ever noticed it until I heard a minister, a highly respected prophecy about the mighty I highly respected prophecy about the mighty end-time army of the Lord. He said, rise up and become on fire, and you can be part of the army. As I thought about his words, I began to dawn on me that I wasn't as zealous as I used to be. I wasn't in sin. I wasn't doing anything bad. I just became distracted with the natural things of life. At that time, Ken and I had been walking with the Lord about five years and we weren't destitute anymore, says Gloria. As when we were first saved, we were comfortable and blessed. In the early days of our desperation had driven us into a determined pursuit of God. He was our only hope. But after we had served him a while and began to prosper, that initial desperation faded and some of my inner fire faded with it. Although I was still reading the Word every day, I wasn't attending to it with the enthusiasm I had before. So I said to the Lord, I want to change all that. I want to get spiritually fired up with this, the desire I had for you before. What's more, I want the desire to increase. I acted on that decision by giving the Lord some extra time each day. I began to read some inspiring books the Lord led me to read. I began to watch over my inner fire when I needed to be stoked. I check with the Lord and find out what to do to add some spiritual fuel and more it to make it burn brighter. Huh, kind of like, can I use to get some extra credit, Lord? 
you can do the same thing and you'll have it to to and you'll have to if you want to be part of God's mighty end time army why because that group isn't going to be made up of believers who are only mildly interested in the things of God. It's not going to be composed of Christians who have let their affections be drawn away from the Lord and have fallen in love with the things of this world instead. Again, you can do the same thing, and you'll have to do if you want to be part of God's mighty end-time army. Why? Because that group isn't going to be made up of believers who are only mildly interested in the things of God. It's not going to be composed of Christians who have left, let their affections be drawn away from the Lord and have fallen in love with the things of this world instead. Those who step in the supernatural and get in on this great last day ministry of signs and wonders will be those who passions for the Lord has consumed their lives and kept them earnestly serving him. I made up my mind to be among them. How about you? Amen, amen. My fervent desire is that I pray three times to the east. I pray for souls and that I pray for for healings and miracles to take place in people's lives. That's my desire. I'll be able to put my hands on somebody get them healed, and have them join me, all facing to the east three times a day, getting on our knees and praying for more souls so we can create a wave like they do at the Rose Bowl, you know, create a wave of people praising the Lord. Amen. Let's keep reading here till we flop. (laughs) Our next... Articles. Most of these articles are done by Gloria Copeland from the book called Limitless Love. Thank you for going the extra mile and thank you for, for the Holy Spirit that's in you, paying attention at the Word of God and practical right-on teachings. You know, sometimes I get away and I, I, let, I read other books and so forth and they too bog you down into a carnal sense. You know, and they try reasoning things out. And when I get back to Gloria and Kenneth Copeland's materials, you know, they sharpen me up right back into what is valuable. It's like anything else. They try to, other things try to draw you into the, into the world and away from the focus of God. So we are refocusing into the things of God. Let's go ahead and rise and be healed in our focus in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the Father's will. Amen. And 1 Peter 2.24 it says, Jesus, his own self, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus, the creator of the, of the eternal heavens and the one who opens the heavens for us and gives us the opportunity to live with the Father in his own self bore our sins. He took, he took the disease of sin away from us. 
in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, we die to our sins, we live unto righteousness, his righteousness, by and to boot by his stripes we are healed. That's how strong salvation is, folks. It even heals by his stripes for heal. Amen. 1 Peter 2.24 For thousands of years, the devil had used sickness and disease to make people doubt God's love. Again and again, he has pointed the finger of accusation and said, If God cares about his people so much, why does he let them suffer sickness and disease? When they pray for healing, why does he so often delay or even refuse to send it? The scriptural fact is he doesn't. No, wait a minute, someone might say. My dear old granny prayed for healing from her arthritis, and God told her she had to wait a while. He said that arthritis was teaching her something. With all due respect to granny, I can assure you God didn't say any such thing. He couldn't have possibly said it because he provided healing for granny and everyone else over 2,000 years ago. That's when he sent Jesus to bear our sickness and carry away our diseases. Isaiah 53, 5. God couldn't possibly delay our healing because as far as he was concerned, it's already been done. The only thing left is for us to believe and receive it. And if we haven't, it's not because we're waiting on God. It's because God is waiting on us. Ken and I know that not only from the Word, but from our own experience. When we first began walking with God, we learned right away that God was doing miracles. We saw them firsthand. We heard Oral Roberts preach about them, and we believed. But we continued to struggle with sickness ourselves. Then one day we heard Kennedy Hagen preach on 1 Peter 2.24. We found out that when Jesus went to the cross, he purchased for us... Not only salvation for our spirits and souls, but healing for our bodies. When we believe that, it changed our whole outlook. We no longer saw ourselves as the sick trying to get God to heal us. We saw ourselves as the heal of the Lord. We realized healing was already ours. And when the devil came to steal it by attacking us with sickness and disease, we resisted him and flatly refused to receive it. Jesus, his own self, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. As a result, not only did we begin to walk in divine healing and health, we never once had to take our children to the doctor because of sickness and disease. We would have had it been necessary, but it never was. Every time they started to get sick, we just pray and receive what God had provided. And they be healed. If you're wishing that were true to for you, stop wishing and start believing. Receive by faith what God and His great love has already provided for you. Rise and be healed in the name of Jesus.
God, the Father sent Jesus to bear our sickness and carry away our diseases. Isaiah 53, 5. Can you believe that? Believe that? Try to believe that. God couldn't possibly delay our healing because as far as he is concerned, healing's already been done. It's already been provided for. The only thing left is for us to believe and receive it. And if we haven't, it's not because we're waiting on God. It's because God is waiting on us to read his word and let the words fermentate. Let the words fermentate. Let the words germinate. Let the words synthesize. Again, 1 Peter 2.24. Jesus, his own self, bore our sins on his own body on the cross, that we, being dead to our sins now, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. We were healed. Amen. So we say, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed by the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. I am restored. I shall not die, but live and proclaim the works of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Meditating on Scripture and writing it over and over again so we can believe, we can transfer it from the paper into our souls by believing, by the word believing. Again, Jesus, his own self, bore our sins in his own body on the cross. Jesus took our sins. That we, being dead to sin, shall live unto righteousness. And when Jesus bore our sins, he took our sickness too. Because by whose stripes we were healed. In other words, Jesus took on every sickness, every disease by the stripes he received. When you do that to deity, something happens. God gave us life, eternal life. Amen. In 2 Peter 1, 2, chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power has given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Second Peter 1, 2 and 4. Do you ever long to be absolutely free of selfishness? Do you yearn to throw off every fleshly bondage and hindrance so you can walk fully in love? As amazing as it seems, we can do it. Again? Do you ever long to be absolutely free of selfishness? Do you yearn to throw off every fresh fleshly bondage and hindrance so you can walk fully in love? As amazing as it seems... We can do it. Jesus told us how. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. 
And if you, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. John 8, 31, 32, New American Standard. That's why, again and again, we must meditate on meditate on the truths in the Word that tells us we've been made partakers of God, divine and loving nature. We must continually grow in our revelation to the fact that God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts. The more fully and deeply we come to know the truth, the freer we will be. It simply doesn't work for us to try to free ourselves out of sheer human self-discipline from our unloving habits and behaviors. It doesn't work then by the force of our own effort. We try to make ourselves act nice. When we do that, we inevitably fail and get frustrated and discouraged with ourselves. As a result, we end up more irritable and short-tempered than we were before. The only way we can truly succeed at walking in love is by drawing on the grace of God within us. The only way we can truly love Jesus and Jesus' love is by letting his nature, which dwells within our reborn human spirits, flow out through us. The more we know about his nature, the more we can do that. As Second Peter 1-2 says, God's grace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Again, God's grace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's true in every area of the Christian life. We can receive something from God we don't know about. We have to hear the truth about it. Then when we hear it, faith comes as we believe and begin to act on that truth, we see the power of it go to work in our lives. So dig into the Word and find out more about the loving nature of God that abides in you. Meditate on it, confess it, and say, God's love lives in me. Then begin to act by faith, and the bondages of the flesh will be broken. You will know the truth and it will make you free. That's got to be the best article I have ever read on changing with the Word of God. The truth is, the reason we don't change is because we don't meditate on the Word of God and do exactly as what Gloria explains right here. I've been thinking about 2 Peter 1, 2, and 4 through the last few days, even trying to quote it. Grace and peace be multiplied. You know, I did a study on grace, and then Jesus came to give us grace upon grace. In other words, he gave us grace once. He said the earth is good when he made mankind. And then he came a second time to give us abundant life with grace on top of grace. And he calls it Godly skill on top of godly skill, you can say. And the result is peace, is multiplied success. That's what peace is. Multiplied that you have succeeded by concentrating and focusing on the Word of God. And, and now that the stuff is being multiplied onto us through the knowledge of God's love 
and the knowledge of the love of Jesus our Lord, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son unto the world, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. We've been chosen, folks. Whereby are given unto us, this is the gift. This is our Christmas present. We are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We better dig in into our contract, dig in into the gift. We, be, we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Multitude, multitude of benefits, promises, supplies. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. See, it's up to us to be partakers of divine nature. We can't say God's doing this, God's not doing that. When we are not turning his word on like a billboard. That by these you might be partakers of divine nature. Divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Wouldn't you like to have the divine nature in you? A glow, praying for people, walking in wisdom and love, having escaped the temptation and the corruption that's in the world through lust. Amen. As 2 Peter 1-2 says, God's grace has multiplied to us through the reading of, of God's word and Jesus Christ our Lord and meditating on it. That is the true opportunity of every Christian life. We don't get our benefits if we're not in knowing about them. We have to hear and read about the truth about it. And then we get excited when we hear it and believe it. And then fate comes as we believe in the process and begin to act on the truth of meditating, worshiping, and seeking God's promises. We see the power of it go to work in our lives. So let us dig into the word and find out more about the loving nature of God that abides in us. Let us meditate on it, confess it, and say, God's love lives big in me. God's love lives large in me. God's love is like the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Then begin to act by faith that he loves us, cares for us, see how much he loves us, and the bondage of the flesh will be broken. You will know the truth, and it will make you free. The truth is love, folks. So one of the ways that we can do is we can rewrite these scriptures and just easily meditate on them. All the scriptures are read, about five scriptures. We just meditate on them throughout the day. Just reread them, reread them. When we pray to the East, meditate on the scriptures and see how our belief and our faith will grow 
and we were qualified to get what it says. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to receive what it says? Okay, one more reading and we'll be done. Please hang in there with me. See yourself through God's eyes, 2 Peter 1, 8 and 9. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You know, it's just through laziness and saying, oh, I got to work. I don't have time to be in the Word of God or saying, you know, I got to walk. You know, this is life and death. If you breathe, you got to have breath, right? You got to have food and rest. Then you, that's how important the Word of God is, folks. We're just sit standing on a little bit of grace. And you're complaining you don't have abundant grace. <laughs> these verses preceding these scriptures list many of the fruit of the Spirit. The foremost, which is love. They let us know that if God's love isn't abounding and increasing in our lives, there isn't one central reason we have forgotten. There's only one central reason. We have forgotten we were cleansed from our old sins. Spiritually speaking, we've forgotten who we are. How would it be possible for us to do such a thing? Actually, it is easy. All we have to do is get so caught up in the day-to-day -day details of living that we don't have time to sit down and look into the mirror of the Word. See James 23-25, 1 James. All we have to do is lose touch with our born-again spirits and begin thinking of ourselves as just natural human beings. It doesn't take years to do that either. It can happen in just a day. You see, the devil is working constantly to blind us to truth of the spirit. He continually endeavors to fill our minds with the fact of this physical realm. He wants us to get so observed in this temporal world, we lose sight of the eternal and invisible. When we do that, we forget who God has made us. We forget who God has made us and yield instead. And, and yield instead to what the natural external evidence tells us we must be. Okay, let me read that again. You see, the devil is working constantly to blind us of the truth to get us off focus of the spirit growing. He continually endeavors to fill our minds with junk and facts of this physical realm. He wants us to get so absorbed in this temporal world that we can lose sight of the eternal and the invisible. When we do that, we forget who God made us and yield instead to what the natural when we do that, we forget all the benefits and the love and, and the growth and the continual maintenance that God has for us. That's that the natural external evidence tells us we must be. When we stumble and act unlovingly, we begin to think that we are, in fact, unloving and unkind. 
When we experience natural feelings of selfishness and irritation, we start to assume we are selfish and irritable by nature instead of seeing ourselves as the Word says we are, like our Father, compassionate, tender, and patient. That's when you need to be kind to yourself and say, I thank you, God, I messed up, and and open the door to grace. I thank you, God, I'm a misfit. You open the door to grace. I thank you, God, I messed up, and you open the door to truth and love. The solution is simple. Never let yourself forget who you are in Jesus. Remember his love, his kindness, and his compassion. And now you qualify for more grace. You qualify for mercy. You qualify for favor when you say, I thank you, God, I messed up. You think justice is over your head, but you already been pronounced whole and safe. Never let a day go by without drawing near to God in his word and in prayer so he can remind you who he made you to be. It is easy to abound in love when you, you're being freshly reminded that the God of love has recreated you in his image. It's a sense to shake off selfish habits and sins when you're living in the awareness that he who knew no sin was made to be sin for you so that you could be made the righteousness of God. You won't walk in worldly and unloving ways when you keep your mind on the truth that you are filled with the spirit of your heavenly father and destined to be like him. If you forget these things, your love will be barren. So don't do it. It's so easy to say, I thank you, God, I'm missing it. And I thank you, God, that I am interested in your word. Open up your Bible often and look into the mirror of the word. See yourself through God's eyes every day. Get your meals in. Get your three prayers and three meals in with the Word of God. May the Lord bless you and continue to to hound you and do not let you forget. Amen. And every time the Holy Spirit hounds you, say, Yes, Lord, yes. Yes unto me according to your Word. Say yes. In the loving name of Jesus Christ, be blessed, be restored, be made brand new. Go in the words of God, in the spirit of the love of God. Amen. Amen.